Are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. It connects to your Swim Nerd mobile app, allowing you to program any set your heart desires. Except for 100 100s while listening to Nickelback. You can't program that. That that is not allowed. If you haven't seen the Swim Nerd Pace Clock yet, go to swimpractice.com to check it out. All right, Maxime Rooney, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? Thanks, I'm great. How are you doing? It's good to good. be here. Yeah, doing really well. Uh, don't know too many Maximes. It's uh, it's a pretty unique name, hey? <laughs> yeah. So my mom, um, she's she's Belgian. Um, my dad, he's Filipino. And when they were searching for names, they wanted French names. So I'm Maxime. My middle brother, his name's Adrian, and my youngest brother, his name is Olivier. So my mom wanted all French names. Oh, very cool. So three boys, hey? Yeah, I mean, growing up, we're all super competitive. Um, <clears throat> we had a pool in our backyard, so obviously, like, we had, we needed to be water safe. Um, but love them, still super close to them. Um, my youngest brother, he's actually in California. He goes to San Jose State, and then my brother, other brother, currently lives with me, and it's it's awesome. I love living with him, love spending time with him, and um, yeah, they're just great support system, and I love them. So awesome. What part of the country did you grow up in? I grew up in California, so about 45 minutes east of San Francisco, so like East Bay Area, um, Pleasanton, Livermore, Tri-Valley County, um, or Alameda County and Tri-Valley area. So. Did, they, did your parents put the pool in, or did it, did it come with the house? It came with the house, and it's actually kind of funny because um, so it used to be indoor, and it was a little bit like a crummy indoor. It was like really old school, and so they removed it, and we had an outdoor pool. Um, but hot summers, just jump in the pool with my pops and uh, just, it was a good time to cool off and a great way to kill like five-year-old energy, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm the same, man. I grew up with a pool in our backyard and we just had fun, man. Like I can remember um, doing my, my first hypoxic sets, just uh, my brother holding my head underwater, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's like with brothers, you know, just trying to yeah. kill each other in the pool. So absolutely that's fun yeah so is that how it started for you it was just more of just fun and then do you realize you either enjoyed it or had some talent for it how did it progress yeah so I mean I just uh, originally definitely wanted to be water safe um because we had the pool in our backyard and like if we ever fell in we just needed to float kind of be able to breathe and everything and um I so when I was five years old I went to my local um summer league team it's called the fireballs I think it's still called still called the fireballs and um sorry if you hear in the background there might be some noise but um i uh swim five to eight years old summer league team and then they recommended me to go to a year-round team if i wanted to really improve and wanted to commit and luckily for me um the pleasanton seahawks was just 10 minutes away and kind of rose through those ranks went through like my intermediate groups to my senior to my senior elite and um my longtime club coach, Steve Morsilli, he's still my, I call him my coach for life because uh, we just have a great partnership and he's helped me through lots of like the transitions throughout the last couple of years. And um, I think he really helped me understand what it's going to take to be elite and get me to the level I wanted to be and prepare me for college and beyond. So um, I was really, I, I consider myself very blessed to have, because um, they're also a gold medal club for multiple years now. Um, and so he, he definitely knows what he's doing. He produces multiple um, junior national athletes, national athletes. And, um, at the time, um, he's had a lot of junior national team members and even national team members. So like Selena Lee, um, Catherine Breed, Nick Silverthorne, Allison Brown, 
like those types of names and they all went to college like Stanford to Cal and then proceeded to get some best time. So it really sets them up for success. And um, I really loved and enjoyed working with him. Who were your influences when you were growing up? Who, who were you chasing in, in the pool? Or who were the people that you saw come into practice and you just had your eye on them and you wanted to be like them? Give me some names, some athletes within your club. <clears throat> Definitely. So I was a, a little bit of a unique case because I think when I moved up to his group, and when I say his group, is Coach Steve Morsilli. Um, I was in, I think, eighth grade. That's when I started really – tackling the nine practices a week, doing doubles. And uh, I was just chasing all the seniors. So I was like this young kid. I'm like, well, I want to race you. I want to win in practice. And so I guys like, um, I mean, Andrew Seitz, he's no longer a swimmer, but um, I think two or three grades ahead of me, like Jason Chen, Tony Shen, um, and all those guys are just like some of my really good buddies still. And um, they just really helped me progress. And I, had them to look up to and give me a lot of tips. I learned a ton, just what it means to, to race tough. And I think probably one of my biggest role models, and she gave me lots of advice because I wanted to be at the national team level was Selena Lee. Um, at the, she, she was sixth or seventh in the 200 IM at 2012 Olympic trials. Mm -hmm. And um, she gave me, she was probably the best mentor in regards to chasing my goals how I'm going to get there, um, the mindset that I need to have and just doing the things in practice. Like, uh, I, so one of the things about me too, is I have a really good memory. Um, so I'll remember practices that I did. I still remember practices that I did in high school. Um, and I remember one particular, um, moment with her at the wall, we were doing a set of 20, 25s. Um, it was just a little bit of easy, fast, some smooth, strong fly work. And she's like, I'm going to go all these, no breaths. You should join me. And I was like, Oh wow. Like this is, this is what it's going to take. Like, okay. Taking the extra step, taking the extra mile, um, doing the right things to make you better. Wow. Uh, that, that's cool to have people like that around you and in your corner and kind of, you know, pressing you and challenging you that way. And, and it's cool. That was, those was a female as well. You know, most of us, mm -hmm. you know, attached to another male figure, but Selena's uh, obviously an incredible uh, person. I, I know her pretty well too. And, and that's cool that you had her there. Mm. Yeah. I mean, on the guys and like, I would say Tony Shen, Jason Chen, Nick Silverthorne, Nick Johnson, they all helped me focus on different aspects. So like whether it be my underwaters or backstroke, cause I actually, when I was growing up, I used, I was a predominantly a backstroker. Mm. Um, I started swimming backstroke and I actually made, um, I think my first, like I was selected for the national select camp for my 200 backstroke. Um, I still think I have a good backstroke. I just use it more as an aerobic kind of test to see where, where I'm at, see how my legs are in shape, see kind of my body position in the water. So um, <clears throat> they all like challenged me in practice, um, whether it be the like range events or sprint events. Um, and they just kept me really honest and helped me get my best every day. When you look back on that time period, you obviously had people around you, you know, um, maybe you weren't even the best on, on your team at that point in time, but what do you think separated you at that point? How did you get to where you are today? Just looking back on that period. Um, so right off the back, I would say, I think one thing that separates me, um, separates, separate me then and separates me now, um, is my food, my diet. Um, my mom, um, and this is a huge shout out to her. I think she definitely, raised me very well 
um, and healthy in regards to like, I definitely eat all my fruits and veggies. Um, I'm fueled right for practice. Um, and I'm fueled very lean, um, and ready to go. And so I'm, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I think that's, that, that's something that's definitely, I mean, we're, we're still learning about the nutritious aspect of things in sport, but that's something that I think I definitely have a good handle on that's still helping me today. Mm. Um, and I'm still making, of course, like as my body changes, as I'm getting older, I'm still making adjustments for myself now. Um, but at least I have the knowledge base of which to go off of. Um, so that's one thing. And that's a big, that's a big shout out to my mom. Um, cause she established that foundation. Um, the next thing I would say is, um, I, I think because of my brothers, um, just growing up, I have two younger brothers. We're all very competitive. This is how it was. So like when I was six years old, um, in the six and under age group for summer league, I would break the records first. <laughs> and then my youngest, my middle brother, he would break the records. And then my youngest brother would break his records. Right. <laughs> so and the same, the same happened for seven to eight years old, you know? And so I was like, they're just so lucky that like I did it first. Right. And then they get to break it. And so I think it just really was like, well, like I want to really set the bar and get moving. And uh, I think definitely um, when I, when I became more serious. So when I was in the senior league group with Steve, he, um, he, he was very goal oriented like me and I like shooting my goals really high. And so we set those plans to attain those goals. Um, and I think like we had a really great partnership where I trusted him and he trusted me to do the work and I trusted him to give me the correct things to do with the things to focus on. And so that I think level of focus, diligence, attention to detail helped me really progress. It's interesting you talk about position in, in the family and, and you're the eldest brother. Do you feel responsibility or, or how do you view your position in the family as, as opposed to your younger siblings? Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think like as an older brother, um, uh, being, and also being a firstborn, there's a, there's like that kind of awkward ground where it's like, okay, well, you're, you're still your parents firstborn. So you're going through everything first. They're mm. that you're the you're the one who made them a parent, pretty mm. much. Mm. And so they're still learning with you. Um, but I think for me as an older brother, like I definitely I try to encourage them as best I can. Um, tell tell them when they're out of line. Mm. <laughs> I still do that with my brother. Like tell them to clean his dishes and stuff. Um, mm. But um, the main thing is just um, understanding that they they also have their own paths. And while like. I may be doing something differently. They may be doing it in a different way and just encouraging them in their own pursuits as well. Yeah. Very cool, man. So now listen, you had some success as, as a youth at a pretty high level at the, at the world youth championships. Um, how did you get to that point? Let, let's first of all, talk about that. How did you get to becoming one of the fastest swimmers in the world for your age at that point? Yeah. So, um, so that meet, that was in 2015. And I actually remember the summer pretty vividly because um, I made a conscious decision about the things that I wanted to chase after. So my coach and I, we set up a plan um, in 2013 or 2014, right after I came back from the national select camp. And I told them in 2014, I want to make the junior team. In 2015, I want to make the junior team again. I want to make the national team. And I also want to make the national, I mean, the, the, the world junior championship team. And so we had a three-part plan that summer and I was like, okay, what do I need to do to get there? And, um, of course, nine practice a week doing, doing my dry lands, giving my best every day. Um, but I remember that summer I came in 
probably 45 minutes early every day, um, partially to put my sunscreen on because uh, that, that's, uh, I was, uh, I get tan very easily and my parents, um, they just want me to be protected. And so I put my sunscreen on and then I would hop in the pool and do an extra 500 to thousand, just working on technique work, being really clean in the water. And I think that's still an emphasis that I put on today. Um, it's just like my first thousand of practice, um, it's usually, I mean, usually warm up and I just want to focus on being very clean, um, focusing on my flip turns, just those extra details so that when I really get going and cooking during the main set, all of that would transfer over. Um, so that's, that was one of my focuses, um, heading into nationals that summer. And so nationals was in San Antonio in 2015. Um, the week before I actually had junior nationals. So this was the first, really the first time where I raced two weeks in a row, um, like that. And, um, I had a great juniors, but we knew I was going to be faster at nationals just because of more rests, more preparation. Um, and of course I get an opportunity to correct the things at junior nationals at nationals. And so, um, <clears throat> my, my first national title came in 2015 at nationals and I went 147.10 in that 200 free. And I remember I was like in the morning, I didn't necessarily cruise, but I was like, I really backed off and I mm. want that 148 and I'm like, coach, like, I think I can, I can do this, you know? Um, and he's like, okay, these are your splits. This is this, you really got to move. And uh, I really still stick with the same race strategy. Um, that, uh, some obviously like I make a couple adjustments here and there, but, um, we, we talked about it and all I, I, I remember visualizing that afternoon and going into the finals with, uh, just kind of like an unstoppable belief that like, if, if I, execute the best way that I can, then I can do this. And mm -hmm. so, um, which is going to lead me to my quote that probably really, um, helped me throughout the years. It's just, uh, my, my coach, he, uh, he says, uh, believe you belong. And I actually uh, have that reminder in my room. And, um, I think that at this level, you know, everyone has the physical talent. They put the work in the pool. We put the time in, whether it be the yards or in the weight room, doing the technique work. And of course, everyone has their own individual bodies. Um, but when you really want to get to that next level, it, it's going to be all up in your mind. It's, 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 it has to be, you know, pushing to that next stage, you know, especially in a tuna free. I watched, by the way, your Ian Thorpe interview, and I agree with him. It's about who's going to have that toughest and hardest last 50 and can really accept that it's going to be kind of a blackout type of pain. It's going to hurt. Mm. So, um, believe you belong was something that, um, really, really kept me, kept me going. And, um, is, I just, I've always seen, I believe that I could be at this level. Yeah. It's funny that you, you talk about that and you also talk about the world juniors and I know that you, you finished second to Kyle Chalmers and, and both of you have a, have a very strong belief in who you are and both of you have had success at the junior world level and, and now kind of on the international stage as well. Um, and you also, you also tell me that you, you're friends with Kyle. Um, you, you two, you see some similarities in him and yourself and those sorts of things. Definitely. I mean, so like, like I said, I think everyone at this level, we all work hard. Um, and I, he also, so I watched it and I remember him telling me in 2015, actually, that this is like one of his first years actually committing to swimming because he wanted to play footy. Right. Mm. And so I was like, 
oh my gosh. Also, I, I remember uh, standing next to him at the blocks. So I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, this dude is a football, like a football player. <laughs> this dude is huge, right? And I was yeah. like, wow, I'm in this 17-year-old body. And I, I, I think I was like 160, 170. And this guy's like solid muscle, right? And um, it's just, I was like, I was looking at him and I'm like, yeah, wow. Like he's, he's got the competitive edge too. He's got that killer instinct. And I just, I think that's what it's going to take to be, be here. Like, no one wants to lose. Everyone wants to win. And um, we're going to do what it takes to get there. You two are pretty close to this day as well, right? Yeah, I text him from time to time. Um, I was like over this, over uh, over quarantine because I went back home in March, April, and May um, just to be with my family, get some school done, train a little bit. Um, but we were texting just uh, it's like, hey, let me add you on PS4 so I can, uh, so I can play some Warzone with you. So. <laughs> Who comes out on top in the PS4? Well, we haven't played yet, but because I, I, I see uh, he was telling me that he fights with his room. Oh, yeah, he like fights with his roommates over controller time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine we'd be both pretty competitive there, too. So. <laughs> so that's cool. Well, listen, how what's your advice to someone who's who may be going through something similar to that to, to go from having success as a youth to then transferring that into senior success? Mm-hmm, of course. So, um, and actually, uh, I think I'm going to intertwine like your, this question with, um, one of the things I learned in college. So when I transferred from high school to college, like, so my senior year to my freshman year of high school, I was thinking like, okay, wow, like I'm going to a new program. Like I got to make big changes for myself, but I don't know if that's necessarily correct because while yes, you're going to need to make adjustments and, totally understand like, okay, well, I got to take care of myself. I'm going to college and all these things. The things that made you successful before will continue to make you successful. You just need to take it in to a higher level. And what I mean by that is like, obviously there's just like a preliminary foundation of just like, you need to work hard. But the the things that really made me um, like, I think really, really great that summer and that um, I've gotten back to this summer and previous summers was I would count my strokes like every lap. And so I remember in 2015, every long course practice, I would say maybe um, two fifties two or two or three fifties out of the whole practice, I was going 32 or 34 strokes. The rest of it was all 30 strokes. Right. And that's just cause like, I wanted to test my efficiency. I really want to grab water, you know, and that's with or without paddles, you know, cause I really wanted to maintain my stroke rate and all that. So just being conscientious about my work really. Mm-hmm. Um, and just remembering that like, okay, I've gotten to this level. These are the times I can do it again and I, I can do it better. I can do it cleaner um, or I can do it just faster. So that's kind of, that's my theory. Um, Cause I think going into college, I had a lot of new variables. So it's like the first time I was lifting and I was on my own. So I was cooking, had to take care of myself, had to feed myself, had to do my laundry, all these types of things, right. And these new factors still balance school, still work hard, you know? And I was like, okay, but swimming, swimming is still swimming, you know, I can still get my best there. And so in summary, doing the things that make you successful, um, having confidence in it will continue to make you successful. Yeah. Good advice. I like that a lot. We, we try and make it too complicated. Sometimes it's just like, exactly. keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing really yeah. good stuff, especially if you've developed really good habits as, as a youth, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes, um, you know, a lot of a lot of kids get to college and they just haven't developed the the habits they need to develop yet. Which is, and then it's then it's a tough transition. But if you've got those habits, 
just keep keep on the same line, keep on the same track that you're you're sticking to, and and progress will come based on that. Exactly. So exactly, and like um, so on the so there's a swimming side of things, but on the school th- on the school side of things, it's funny because when I actually gave like my brother and his friends advice, I was like, you know, the habits that you create now in high school are going to be the ones that you're going to like bring to college. So your study habit, if you don't study, you're not going to like, you're yeah. not going to study well in college. So really try to like hone in on what's best for you so you can be effective in college. So I, that's just in swimming in school and kind of just in life. Like, um, so I would, mm-hmm. yeah, no, good advice. Now, a couple of things surprised me about your decision uh, for college, uh, not, not where you ended up at Florida, because I, th- I thought at the time it was a great program. It was one of my, my biggest competitors, me being in Auburn, but a couple of things surprised me. You did, um, commit very early. I remember that you committed very early and then you also did commit to Florida, which is, you know, you're, you're growing up in California. So that surprised me as well. So what went into that decision at the time? Absolutely. So, um, it was, so I actually started taking like unofficial visits just with my dad to go see colleges sophomore year. We didn't talk to any coaches or anything. We just wanted to see just to get a, kind of get a, a college vibe. Um, because my plan again was senior year. I wanted to be focused on the Olympics and they don't want to take too much time out of my training. So, um, I looked at a school from sophomore to junior summer and then junior year, I actually took a junior day to Florida. And my dad always said like, Maxime, like, when you're out of school, like I have a really good feeling about the school because um, he also talked with, we, we got on the phone call with coach Nesty and he was like, <clears throat> um, take a deep breath when you're at the school and just see if you can see yourself there. And I think for me, um, it, basically what that meant for me was taking a deep breath, really seeing being present and it, seeing if I can be present at the school. And what I mean by being present is just like, can I give my best? Do you think I can, can I grow here as an individual and as a swimmer, as a community member? And I, I remember actually where I took my breath, um, like where I like really settled down for a second to stop, close my eyes and just feel it. And I was like, yes, this is the place. And so, um, I committed and, um, that was a huge relief for me because, uh, I was actually losing sleep a little bit. Um, cause I was like putting a lot of pressure on myself. Like I really wanted to get this decision and make a decision that was best for me um, in order so I in, or, in order to focus really. Um, and that's why I think I had the summer that I did in 2015 and um, just training hard the whole year. Uh, 2016 trials didn't happen the way I wanted it to, um, but we learned so much and I, I feel prepared moving forward. And so I, I think that it was one of the best decisions I've, I've made. Um, so that's, I was happy with it. Um, in regards to, sorry, uh, in regards to like the California to Florida shift, I, um, I didn't really, my, my dad always said, uh, he wasn't worried about where I was going to go to college because he knew that wherever I went to college, like it was a good school, um, in regards to it's great, great swimming program, great school. And so we, we weren't too worried about that. And again, I wanted an opportunity to grow and, um, kind of crazy that I had to go all, all the way across the country to grow a lot. But I, I think it, again, it's best decision for me and uh, I grew immensely. Yeah. Good for you, man. I, it, there's, there's no regrets in, in that type of thing. Like you said, if you put time and energy into the thought process and you don't make a rash decision, you know, if you're sitting there taking deep breaths and really soaking it in, then look, you're going to live with the decision. You know, like, you, mm-hmm. you know that you made the right decision at the time. And, uh, 
I hated it because I was coaching at Auburn, so I had to coach against you for a little bit there. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> seeing you, seeing you put up some swims uh, against our team, I didn't love that, but uh, I could tell from it's, the get-go uh, that you know you knew what you were doing. I was. Uh, it's actually funny you say that because um, so Auburn versus Florida, my freshman year was in January. And uh, I remember because I raced the 200 free and I ripped like a 134 or 135. And I was like really happy with it. Um, I think I, I timed my pre-workout really well or something. And I had a really <laughs> good warm up. But then uh, I actually remember my 200 back. Um, it was against Joe Patching. Mm. And I was leading at the 175. And he flipped her and just killed me underwater. And I was like, he, I think he, ricked, he wrecked me by like a half a body length. I was like, mm. so I just remember myself really being really mad. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not like, I, I don't like losing, obviously. But I was just like, I had to take a couple deep breaths because I'm like, okay, you can have it. It's your senior day. It's your senior <laughs> day. So, <laughs> but I was, it, was, it was a good meet. Joe is tough to beat at a dual meet, man. He he could throw down some stuff. I think he had. Yeah. I think he racked up something like two hundred dual meet wins in his career or something. Like yeah, that. I mean, and we were also. I mean, we were in speedos and we were going. Mm. I think it was like so tuner back. We were probably. I think we were one forty three or one forty four, yeah. and yeah. this was like before SEC. So I was yeah. like, dang, we're kind of cooking. This might be. It's might be something good. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, listen. So. What are the things that you you took from your Florida experience? I'm not really concerned about what, you know, how it, how you decided to move on, but what are some of the things you took from your Florida experience? Definitely. Um, So my first, first two years was under Troy and I, what was great was we were a combined program. So I actually got to work with a lot of the coaches. So coach, excuse me, um, coach, coach Troy, coach Nesty, coach Steve and coach Jeff Popple. Um, and then my third year we split. And so coach Jeff actually hired on coach Whitney to take the women's team. And then I was with coach Nesty and coach Steve. And so on the swimming side of things, I think I got to work with a lot of great, great coaches. Um, I, I definitely, um, learned, I think what it means to work hard to another level. I'm the Florida way. Um, and that's like, I remember just like during winter training, just being absolutely crushed. And we were averaging maybe 15, 16 K a day, uh, two double practices. We would go double days for like, a, like until we were going home. And so what it means to work to another level, um, how much my body can take, um, what it looks like to, to recover. Um, and I think I got a lot of great sets out of, um, there. Cause like for me, um, in the future, I'd like to be a coach. And so just kind of being exposed to different levels of coaching, um, different styles. Um, that's something that I just, I kind of store in my brain. Um, and then on the weight side of thing, I got, I got to, I think I got to work with one of the, one of the best in the world, Matt Delancey. Um, I think largely, um, cause it's, like I said, I didn't lift before college. So, uh, all of my strength foundation and my weights foundation came from him. And so just a huge, huge thank you to him because I learned so much in regards to, taking care of my body stretching wise or just like rehab or just pre- like rehab prehab type stuff, like what to do before the water, what to do after the water. Um, and so I just, I, I, I would say I learned a lot from each of them. Yeah. Well, well, that's good. I mean, it's awesome. You can take those experiences. So then you, you end up transferring to Texas and I was actually surprised. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. You had some, not only did you have immediate success, you had incredible success as soon as you went there. I think it was, it was the summer. You went there over the summer, didn't you? And ended up swimming like 50 point, 100 flies. I remember it was just like, holy hell. I mean, you really took <laughs> off that first summer. So what, what actually happened that first summer? 
Yeah. So, okay. So um, just kind of give a, like a timeline. So I announced I was transferring April 21st mm. and um, it was, it was pretty quickly. I, I was, uh, so that week I actually had finals. So I had a lot of phone calls and I was still focusing on my school. Um, but I just kind of told my parents, like, I'm gonna start driving West. I'm gonna visit my friends and I'll talk to some people. Um, and luckily I had a family friend here in Texas that I was able to stay with. Um, and so I could visit the school, just see what it's like. And, um, soon enough, like I committed to Texas, um, love the guys. They kind of accepted me right away. And I knew a good bit of them already too. And because like the swimming world's so close and so small and, um, loved Wyatt, loved Eddie. And then we also got a new assistant coach, um, Patrick, um, like in July, but I think one of the differences, um, that probably was last summer for me was, um, well, (laughs) It was a, it was a long process because I still had to, sorry, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. It was a long process because I still had to, so I had to submit an application to mm-hmm. school. Um, I had to be admitted and I was kind of freaked out because I talked to the academic advisor and I talked to Eddie and they were like, we can't guarantee you admission. So in my mind, I was like, uh, I just like, um, I announced I'm transferring. You can't guarantee me admission, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I was just, I was like praying really hard. And mm-hmm. once I found out that I got in, I was like, man, thank you, God. Like this was a blessing <laughs> and it was just meant to be, you know? Um, and then I signed my NLI, but I had, so there's some complications. So I actually couldn't train with Texas, um, for a couple weeks. I, for three weeks, three or four weeks, I was actually training with TXLA. Um, I was doing five, six practices a week. And because I was doing five to six practices a week, I, that was in May. Um, because it was before I had to get, I had to take summer classes in June and July so that mm. I could be eligible for the fall yeah. and the spring season. Um, as a result, I couldn't swim with the team in May, so I had to train with te- Texas um, mm. Aquatics. So, so that was a little I got tongue tied a little bit, Sorry. but um, I think what I learned then was really making every practice count um, mm. because I was only swimming five six times a week, and I was like, I I want to perform <laughs> in nationals, so. Um, I had great training partners with the club team. Um, and I also think like, uh, I was, since I was training with the younger guys, like I was training with Kobe Carroza and some other kids and they're like 16, 17 years old. I was like, I don't want to lose. So <laughs> I really just got, got my butt in gear and it was just grinding practices, but just absolutely giving my best and making the, each, each practice count. Cause again, I only had five and usually I, I have nine practices a week. Yeah. So I'm, I'm out of four. Um, and then when I got to train with the team, I think the same mentality carried over. It's like, I really want to make every practice count. Um, and then I started adding practices, still lifting weights. Um, and, um, one of the big changes that I actually made last summer was, um, I found out this, I'm half Filipino, so I'm Asian. Um, and my dad's not really, um, he's kind of lactose intolerant a little bit. And so I actually made a change in fueling. It's like, I stopped drinking milk. And I actually started using this product that is non-dairy, non-soy, non-gluten. And I felt my body completely change the way it was fueled. And so um, I had a little bit of body change there. Um, but I would say just fueling a little bit differently. I had a great community that pushed me every day and, and every set. And um, just, like I said, great community. Um, and I was, you know, I was happy, ready to go. And I just wanted to give my best every day. And I think that translated to giving my best at the end of the season. It's kind of like a little pre-COVID, uh, you know, preparation here, wasn't it? You're training five, it's, six it's, times a week. Honestly, it, it, that's, I think that's exactly right because, um, so 
I got, I was able to be back in the pool um, around June 1st at mm-hmm. a club team and we only had five, six practices a week. And um, I like, I think the same thing. I was like, I want to make every practice count. And I think I've, I've made every practice count so far. We're still at six practices now. Um, I train with the pros. Um, but the same thing is like, okay, if I'm going to have one practice a day, like I can hundred percent just sprint everything, give my best in everything, whether it's an aerobic set, I can push myself to the limit because I'm just going to sleep it off and I'll be able to give my best again the next day. So you, what do you see yourself as? I mean, you've, you're, you're great. 100 freestyle, 200 freestyle, 100 fly. I mean, you can kind of swim everything. Where do you feel the most comfortable? Is there a particular event? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I, um, my core four is the 100, 200 free and fly. Mm. Um, over these last couple of months, I've actually been um, pushing my backstroke a lot because, again, uh, like as, as I mentioned, the uh, – Backstroke for me is a really good indicator of how aerobically fit I am um, because it's just, it's kind of a little, it's a different breathing. You're, you're on your back. You have to, you're still engaging your lat. It's really core based. You got to rotate. And um, I think backstroke's very leg driven as well. Mm. Super heavy on the legs. And, um, and so just kind of testing myself aerobically, but I recently also started, I wanted to focus on um, I am as well because I, um, I also thought it was another level of uh, an aerobic capacity that I can achieve. So I would say definitely my core four, but I like, I like mixing it up in practice because it keeps it interesting, keeps my muscles kind of, con- I would say confused, um, which definitely gives me a, a higher benefit. Yeah. Listen, man, I've talked to many people over the years that have swum at Texas and, and there, you can't take anything away from, from, you know, Eddie's assistance, you know, Chris Kubik and, and now Wyatt, I mean, incredible assistance, but the, but the end of the day, you know, Eddie Reese is the constant. He's, he's the man that's been there for generations now. So what is it about Eddie? What's the special sauce that Eddie has that has made him quite possibly the, the greatest coach in history for swimming, you know? Um, sure. so what is it that you see? Um, I see, so I see a couple of things. Um, first, uh, definitely he's had some great assistance and, uh, like Eddie, um, loves working with Wyatt and our assistant coach, Patrick, Patrick. And I think they have great chemistry all together. Cause I love working with them individually. Hmm. Um, and they offer me a lot of great technique or advice. And, uh, I can ask any of them, Hey, can you watch my butterfly? Like my spine and my butterfly to keep a good line. And they're like, absolutely. And they all know what they're looking for because they're on the same page. So hmm. I really like that. Um, but I'd say particularly with Eddie, um, he, I, I would, I'm going to say his special sauce is he's in a master of like, uh, aerobic sets. Um, and I really like that. Um, he's very specific, whether it be, okay, I want you to go 160, 170 heart rate, or he's specific with the times he gives. So for example, we did a set, um, last week or two weeks. Yeah. Um, and he was like, um, we're going eight ones on one Oh five. And then 250s easy and 850s on 45 backstroke, 250s easy, and then go six, six, four, four, two, mm-hmm. two. And he tells me, okay, like hold 160, 170 heart rate, or he gives you a time. And I'll, I use, I like to do both because that means like, okay, like um, if I can go 160, 170 heart rate at this, at this time, then I'm, I'm kind of money. I'm in the perfect spot. Um, 
but he acknowledges that like kind of everyone's feeling different on different days. You know, he knows that like, we're all still in school. We have different workloads. We sleep differently. I mean, we're still growing. And so he takes that into consideration. And I really like um, sometimes even so for our long course practices, he gives us ranges of times to go. So mm. if um, we were going like a set of um, say four, three hundreds, uh, he would range it maybe three thirty to three forty or something because he doesn't want us to push it too hard. Or if he really wants us to crank, go like 310 to 315 or something, just something along those lines. So it gets really specific. And I like that specificity because um, I'll just, I'll make my body do it. You know, um, the next thing that I learned big time with Eddie is, um, is probably a tip that I'm going to keep for life because it's good to keep in mind as an athlete, but it's going to be good to keep in mind as a coach. But he mentioned to me, if it takes three weeks for the body to physically recover, it takes double the time for your, your neurological system to recover. Um, because we, we, we swim a lot, nine practices a week, but in combination with weights, our body is under a lot of stress, you mm-hmm. know? And so just kind of your muscles can relax within three weeks, but you want your, like kind of your neural responses and your kind of those like fast twitch muscles to be ready to fire. So it's going to take double that time. So that's a, that's another huge thing because I realized last summer, um, I took, I think I took six weeks, uh, three weeks. Um, we started coming down three weeks. I, I did singles every day. I didn't go over 3000, you know, I was really just resting my body. And I'm like, am I, lo- am I forgetting how to swim? That's guy was like, this is like the least I've ever done in my whole life, you know? Um, because even, even as like a club, a club athlete, um, granted I didn't have as much muscle then, but even as a club athlete, I was never going really below two, two, 3000 to practice. So that's another thing. And then lastly, I think, um, Eddie, um, Eddie really created an environment at Texas where we're, we're all very competitive and we're supportive of each other. And his famous quote is, um, take care of yourself, take care of others and the rest will take care of itself, you know? And so we take care of each other really well in practice. Um, and you know, if someone wants to go, we go faster. And then we all like end up going pretty good. And, um, and saying that going back to the time ranges that he gives us, we usually end up going a lot faster than those times. He'd be happy with us just going those times, but because of that competitive nature, you know, it starts like, okay, go, uh, go a double O on a hundred. Someone goes 59. The next person goes 58. And then we literally, we probably all bring it down to 53s and there's still easy, easy hundreds. Right. So I think it's just like, we all want to get better. Um, we trust Eddie. And so it's, uh, I think it's just a great partnership with, uh, my teammates and with the coaches. Good stuff, man. How does Eddie deliver the workouts? Is he, from what I understand, he just walks in and kind of creates on the spot. Uh, it's, he doesn't come in with a set plan written out, typed out, handed out. It's kind of like he'll, he'll either say it or he'll write it up on the board and everyone's got their own different unique spots in within the plan itself. But, uh, it seems that way. He kind of creates it on the spot, right? Yeah. So I would say, okay, obviously with, I'm going to say, this is all, I'm going to, I'm going to speak as if it's pre COVID times because with COVID, everything's a little bit changing. He doesn't know where everyone's coming from, especially new freshmen coming in some transfers. Like we all have different backgrounds. So, and I'll, and also, um, I train with the pros, so we're kind of in a different spot than the college team, but I would say during the college season. So in September, October, November, we really stuck to kind of a, a very, I would say, 
week to week, it was the same thing that we could expect. So Monday morning, we'd be aerobic. Monday afternoon, we'd be a little bit aerobic. Uh, I would take I, my mornings um, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You get to choose three mornings, which I loved because it would allow me to be flexible with my school. But I, I tried to stay consistent with Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Tuesday afternoon was always fast. So we would do something fast, maybe some broken 300s. Wednesday, a little bit aerobic. Thursday, a little bit of aerobic stroke. And then Friday, we'd go fast again. And then Saturday, a long swim. So usually we would know what to expect, kind of like the gist of the practice. But mm. Eddie, yeah, Eddie is absolutely like the master of creating something on the spot in regards to like seeing where we are. Um, and I think he just has a good gauge and a good feel um, of each athlete. And also what that looks like is um, – <laughs> It's funny because I asked him, I was like, Eddie, how much do you think I weighed when I was like the first week? Cause um, I was doing a lot of running when I was at home for quarantine and the first, uh, first day back, he's like, you probably weigh this. And then a couple of weeks later, he's like, how much did you lose? I, mean, I was like, I asked him, I was like, Eddie, how much weight do you think I lost? Just kind of like reapportioning my muscles. Right. And he's like, probably this amount. And he was absolutely, he's just like, right. So I think he's just been in the game long enough to see, to know different body types, mm. um, see what each athlete needs. Um, and I mean, he's, coached probably 40 plus years right so he, he he knows what he's looking for in each athlete does eddie give you any pre um performance speeches or does he more kind of just set you up and let you go um so as a team yes like we um going into big 12s like he wanted like really good efforts out of us he knew that we weren't fully prepared but he's like this is kind of the 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 prep meet for NCAA is I want you guys to be as sharp as you can, knowing that you're going to be even more uh, ready to go at NCAA's, but once you be sharp, want you to go kind of thing. So he talks with us there so that he can ensure honest efforts from us so he can evaluate. Right. And we want to give that honest effort because if say I, I sandbag a swim, um, he's not going to get the best feedback, you know, um, and just seeing where my body is. Um, I would say individually, uh, he, I think he knows, um, when kind of when to uh talk to me if I'm, I'm feeling really nervous or when not to but for the most part uh i think he trusts that he's gonna get an honest effort out of me uh i remember actually at minnesota invite um he'll so he'll say something to me like maxime um you're leading off the a free relay i don't want you to go out 43 and i end up going out 43 or something <laughs> but it, it's kind of funny because like i don't mean to do it but he says it jokingly so he know kind of expects it's gonna happen and I don't know if that's like a mind game or what, but he he just knows how to pull it out of me. So yeah, nice, nice. So, do you think you were ready to make the Olympic team if if it had happened a few months back? Yeah, I believe so, hundred percent. I I was training very well in the fall. Um, I was preparing for a great NCAA meet, and um, you know, following NCAA's, I was. I was ready to maybe take like a day off to get my school under handle and just get right back to work. And I think that the strength gains I made this year have, excuse me, helped me enormously. Um, not only in uh, how much like I'm holding in the water, but um, just the consistency and how long I'm able to hold it for. Um, my aerobic base has definitely increased being under Eddie. And uh, I just think like being with such a great training group, um, has helped me race every day and give my best and given me the confidence that when I step behind the blocks, no matter what, like I'll be ready when I'm ready. 
Nice. Well, I mean, if you're ready to make the US team, most athletes then move on to getting on the podium at the Olympics. What do you think your best shot would have been or, or, or will be next year uh, to get on that podium? So, um, I mean, I know for, for a fact, US relays are very dominant. So I could trust that if I was on those relays, we would medal. Um, individually, uh, I've always been the type of person that um, it's, I, I like this quote, it's like, what's the point of playing the game if you don't win it? Um, and yes, there's a level of like, uh, there's joy and like competitive and like just having fun for playing. But uh, at this level, it's like, well, I, I want to win. So I, I've never gone into a race thinking I want to get second place or third place um, if I race something, um, whatever events that may be, um, then I want to go give it my all and go for the dub. I, I like hearing that, man. That's good stuff. I'm, I'm glad you got I, that confidence. So I, I, that's what I usually like, I tell, I, that's what I try to tell my teammates too. Cause like, I, I don't like when someone in practice is like, Oh, Maxime, you're just gonna, you're just gonna kill me or like, or something like that. And I'm like, why, why would you say that to yourself before we're about to get on the blocks? Because first of all, that doesn't even give you the chance mentally to like, okay, what do I need to do to, to be successful in this race? Right. And that totally places the focus on the other person. And that takes you out of your own lane. And one of the things that I'm trying to work on is just staying in my lane, doing the things that I know I need to do to be really fast. So um, that's what's helped me. And I also saw it in Kyle Chalmers' interview too. So I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up again. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, Kyle, Kyle talked about it. And look, the, the, the kind of the elephant in the room that most people don't like to talk about, especially competitors of Caleb, is, is you know, a lot of people think Caleb's unbeatable. And yet, when I talk to some some of his real competitors, like you and Kyle Chalmers, I mean, you have an enormous belief in yourself. That's not taking away necessarily from from Caleb, but you've been a teammate of his as well. Do you mm. think he's beatable, or or is he unbeatable? Absolutely. I mean, like, <clears throat> I don't necessarily. Um, again, so I don't think of my when I race someone, I don't really go into the race to thinking I'm like, Oh, I'm going to beat a, a particular person. Sure. Um, I just, I want to see how, what I can pull the best, how I can pull the best out of myself and mm. use the people around me to pull that best. Sure. And so I, I think anyone is beatable on any day. Um, yeah, I was a teammate of Caleb's for the first two years cause then he graduated. And so I've seen kind of like what he does really well in. And, um, again, like he's a phenomenal athlete. He's got, um, a phenomenal athlete period. Like, uh, I actually remember, I think one of the things I was, when I was watching him one day, whether he was lifting or something, I was just like, if he didn't swim, he said he would be a track athlete. And I was like, he'd probably be like a world champ Olympic athlete, track athlete, because mm -hmm. of just like how hard he works, his Twitch, he's just incredibly explosive and, um, he's just got the drive. So I think that, um, like, so he's a great athlete. Kyle Chalmers is a great athlete. Like I said, he played, he, I think he would have played footy. And like, I like to consider myself a great athlete too. Um, in regards to like, I, right now I'm, I'm on kind of a spike ball binge. I love playing spike ball with my teammates, but, uh, I would, I, would, I think if I didn't swim, I would play lacrosse or basketball. Um, so I just, I like just kind of playing those sports and understanding that like kind of that athleticism, it, it will transfer over to swimming. Everyone thinks it doesn't, but it, it helps. 
So I guess that's the, the, the kind of moral to the story here, right? Like you have a great athlete in yourself. You have a great athlete in Kyle Chalmers and Caleb Dressel, right? And all of a sudden, these great athletes are going to meet at some point, right? And someone has to win and someone has to lose. And so you're saying, and I, I completely agree with you, you're saying the best way to put yourself in a winning position is to focus on yourself and what you can control and, and, and bringing out the best in yourself. It's not so much trying to beat Caleb or trying to beat Kyle, but allowing yourself to be free enough to say that that possibility is there. I can certainly do it if I concentrate on being the best version of myself. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, so you like, let's, let's say, not that I'm the middle ground at all, but you got a great, excellent sprinter in Caleb. He's a great 50, 100, and I think he, he can go up to the 200, but his 50, his first 50 is unbeatable in the 100. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like everyone go, he's the, he's the first one at the feet, you know? And then you got a great second 50 in Kyle. So say I were to focus on like, okay, I want to beat Caleb going out. Then I would get beat by Kyle coming back, mm-hmm. right? Okay, say I want to go easy going out maybe i go too slow then and caleb already has a huge lead on me so just again like if i'm looking around at those two athletes if i'm looking around i mean even so like last year i think the world rankings were like this in the 100 free it was caleb it was kyle chalmers it was ryan held it was a i don't remember the russian guy's name and then it was me Mm -hmm. and we were top five and so i was like well if we have that top five heat you know like everyone's going to be swimming a different race strategy. It's just, again, who's going to, who's going to put their head down, get their hand on the wall first, that last 10. So I think it's absolutely about doing what's, what's going to be best for you. What's going to put yourself in a position to win. You, you swam that. Yeah. I think you popped that 47, six. Is that what you went? 47, six. Yeah. So I went, I went 47, seven in the morning, 47, six at night. Yeah. Wow. What, What did that feel like? Fast. I was, I was really happy with it. I wanted to be, um, I, I knew I could be 47 because um, I believed I was, excuse me, I, I believe I was going to be 47 the year before just because of my training and kind of all summer I was, I was doing some fifties here and there in practice. And I'm like, I'm, I'm up in the water. I'm like, I'm ready to go and jumping off that wall. Like again, I'm up in the water. And so I believe that with a shave, with a suit, good rest, um, I was there. And so I think it was just, it was just kind of about a belief there um, really taking charge of the heat. Um, cause if I, I watch my morning swim a lot, cause I think that's probably the race where I like my body position. I'm up in the water and breathing really well. I have a good, I got a good stroke rate. Um, and seeing how I kind of mentally took charge of that heat, I was just like, go. And so kind of keeping that in mind, kind of moving forward. That's, that's what I'd like to keep. Nice. Do you remember your splits on that 47, six? Yeah. So, for, okay. Actually, so for my 47, seven was 22, six to the no, sorry. Yeah, twenty-two six to the feet. Uh-huh. My forty-seven six was twenty-two eight or twenty-two nine to the feet. Um, okay. Yeah. And then and then you're you're coming back. What'd you what'd you come home in? So, so I was twenty-two eight or twenty-two nine, and then I was I was twenty-four eight, twenty-four okay. nine, and okay. then I was twenty-two six, and that's so twenty-two six to twenty-five oh. So, so you want to win. You want to win. Yeah. You want to be. You want to be at the top of the podium. But the reality of that is, you got to find point seven. Let's say you know. You know. You go from point forty-seven six to somewhere around the world record. That's where those guys are going to be in order to to get that win. So taking them out of the equation and just understanding the time itself. Where do you find the point seven? Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, I, I got a lot of room to to improve on in my in my strength um, and just kind of look based on my logbook, 
I've definitely increased my, my strength, um, and muscle mass in the last year. I've gotten leaner as well. Um, so I, I'm happy with my, my body, my physical progress. I mean, I think it just goes back to kind of, uh, just working hard, getting my kick rate fast, um, doing the right things, find, maybe find an extra tweak here and there, making my, t- my turn tight, um, making my start explosive. And so I would just say over, uh, just overall improvement. That's how I like to improve. Just focus on, on kind of every detail of my race and make so you're it looking at fun and maybe like a, a few tents on the front end and a few tents on the back end and then there's your 0.7 kind of thing well of course and so i mean i would even say um like looking at my 47.6 at night because i'm trying to i'm visualizing my race right now because i've I watched it so many times i can i have the camera angle that my parents view it from uh my i, I would say right off the back i can my, my flip my flip turns probably three times oh, okay. so uh, then just front speed, um, back end speed. Uh, I think everyone, everyone can always be better the last 10. And that how you, how you do that is, um, either you get a little bit more oxygen up front in the first 50 or coming off the third 25, you back off your tempo a little bit. Yes. You, you shoot through the breakout, but you don't take a couple hard strokes so you can build into it, you know? And that's what I saw. That's why also I, I was listening to, I was listening to Kyle's interview. Cause I was like, does he have a strat that I don't yet? <laughs> um, and of course I, I think you can learn from every athlete. So I love watching that race film because I see what he does. I see what Kale does. I watched the, my hundred free cause I saw what Ryan does. Cause he, Ryan held one forty seven three for him, his time to be third in the world. So just, you want to be prepared for everything. Uh, I don't want to be in the race and I'm like, why is everyone over here? Like they're, they're ahead of me. So, um, yeah, just, just, just kind of studying. Listen, man, I've had Kyle Chalmers. I've had Eamon Sullivan. I've had Michael Klim. I've had Alex Popoff. I've had, you know, I've had some of the world's greatest hundred freestylers on the podcast and that's it, man. It's like, it's, they're telling you kind of bits and pieces. You get something from everybody, you know? And I think that's what I love about my podcast is people are going to listen to you now and be like, okay, yeah, there's, there's some stuff that I can learn there and, and maybe put into my own stuff. So I'm, I'm enjoying doing the podcast and sharing the information because it's, it's cool. You guys are being really open, but at the same time, you're competitive, man. You want, it, you want to be yeah. the best. And, and I think that's the mm. thing that I'm finding the similarities on all of you is that you're all super competitive, but you're not, there's, no, there's nothing you're trying to hide at the same time. It's like your strengths are your strengths, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And that's, it's funny. So, um, actually when I was in high school, uh, my, one of my club coaches talked about Alexander Popov all the time mm-hmm. because he was, I, I would say he's more of the model hundred freestyle that I think a lot of people like they go out fast, but he, I mean, he would almost even split the race, you yeah, know, yeah. like he was the first one going under 25. Yeah. So, and that was just an unreal leg drive. And of course, like he had, he had great physical features. He had like a huge wingspan and everything, but he, um, yeah, I uh, I think I watched one of his races. And he was like twenty four eight on the back end, right? And I'm like, that's the direction of like the world, you know. If you're if you're not under twenty five, you're you have no shot of winning. Yeah. Just I'm just, yeah. I, and I don't mean that to be an anti negative to anyone. No. I mean maybe you can go out twenty one six and go twenty five zero, but like mm-hmm. that's really hard. And also that's a three point four second spread, and that's not realistic. Yeah. So no, think, usually uh, uh, Santo Clemarelli tried that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, so, I mean, that's just like, I, I know. Um, so actually speaking of Santo, I watched his, I think one of his first times uh, he went 47 in 2015, it was at uh winter nationals in Washington and he was training under Coley for a little bit. 
and I, I was in this heat or I watched the morning swim and I watched him go that 47 and I'm like, this dude's fast on the way out, mm-hmm. right? He's just fast. And so he's got great twitch. And I mean, again, that's what works for him. Like he, he can go that 47. Um, but I think like the prime spot for numbers is like, I would say probably like 1.6 to 2.3 spread from the first to second 50. That is that right? Like, do you know, do you know the numbers there? No, I don't know it exactly. No. Okay. Cause well, I was thinking like, if I go, so say like, actually that's probably not right. So, if I, so say I go like, I, well actually Caleb swims it. He went out 22, two to the feet. Mm-hmm. And then he was 20, 24, 24 six, six, 24, yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a 2.5 spread. Yeah. Um, I mean, they say ideally, they say ideally you want to be right at kind of the two seconds, you know? So if you're out in 23, you want to come back at 25, you know, like Mm. kind of 22, 24, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know Kyle is more on the 1.6, 1.8 spread because his second 50 is phenomenal. Yeah. And that last 15 meters, 15 meters, he just grinds that kick. So, well, he's got room to improve on the, on the front end though. He can't let Caleb, get that far ahead of him and expect to win the race you know you're mm-hmm. not you're not pulling back a full body length on caleb but um but yeah so i mean everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses and so it's good to analyze all that but um i know that you're uh you're looking at swimming uh isl professional swimming is that official mm-hmm. yet are you allowed to announce where you're going um so i'm not allowed to announce but i I am participating. <laughs> Good. Uh, I I'm, I'm hoping that the season happens because I, I think it's going to be a great opportunity, five to six week camp, just to train, kind of put my head down, race hard. Uh, obviously, they've announced Budapest is beautiful. Um, and uh, I'm still in school. So I luckily for me, I know my team, my schedule, and it's non-conflicting. So I'll be able to um, really – be present with my school and I don't think that's going to sacrifice any time from training because I'll I'll have access to a weight room I'll have access to a pool I'm thinking about bringing a couple extra equipment here and there but uh, I'm I'm really excited I think it's a great opportunity yeah man it's phenomenal and uh just swimming ISL alone I think you've made the right choice you know getting in there and it's super competitive you're going to be around all the top guys in the world and gonna get a lot of racing and um just have a lot of fun with it you know it really takes you back to why you why you swim, you know, we all love competition and that's what it is. It's really based mm-hmm. around competition and it's very much like a dual meet, you know, you, you go Auburn, Georgia or Auburn, Florida, or, you know, Auburn, Texas, a dual meet, you know, they're some of the most fun dual meets you can have. And it's kind of the same kind of context. So yeah, good choice doing that. And I think it'll set you up well for, for next summer as well. Thank you. Yeah. That's, I was actually, um, so in, in saying like, I'm very excited. I remember um, like the day after I signed, um, I, I texted my GM and I'm like, I went to practice today. I was so excited. Here are my times. Cause I ripped, I was like ripping practice. And I was like, I did like this 150, a hundred and a 50. And I was like, I was cooking. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm getting ready to go. So just training. I, I'm happy to have a focus too. I heard about that practice. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> give me, give me a, one of your favorite sets. Give me, a, give me a workout that you've done that you just really memorable for you that you feel like set you up really well. Oh man. Okay, so I'm gonna give you like so this week. I'll give you a workout that I had this week. Sure. Um, because it was uh, actually the first time the pros got to use the outdoor pool. So oh, that's at the new Eddie Reese uh, outdoor yep. complex. Oh. Yeah. So uh, we did. We warmed up 
um, just kind of got our legs ready. And then we did three 100s all out on five minutes. I did four 75s all out on four minutes. And then we did four 50s because we ran out of time. We were supposed to do six, but four 50s with bins all out. And um, I, all from a push, no suit. Um, it's 45 one, 45 five. And hurt a little bit on the last one because my leg locked up, but I was 46.6. Um, nice. And then on the 75s, I was around 36s, 37s for butterfly. Felt good, felt strong at least. Not too, not putting the gas on too much, but just keeping my hips up. Because like I said, I've been focusing on keeping my my neck and my spine in line so I can mm-hmm. keep moving it forward. Um, I've noticed for myself, like, I don't, um, I like doing quality fly in practice. And if I do longer fly, like a 100 mm-hmm. or 200, um, my legs definitely drop and my core fatigues just because of the weightlifting pretty much. Yeah. Um, so just kind of keeping that sharp. And then for my fifties, I was, um, I did the IM order with fins. I, I was 19 something, eight, 18 or 19 something for backstroke, 21 something for breaststroke and then, uh, 18 something for freestyle. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember too much of the tense, but that was my practice this week. I love doing kind of those types of anaerobic efforts because I just feel like, okay, it's time to go. Just like, pedal to the metal, foot on the gas, let's go, just give it best. Um, but one of the practices I think I absolutely love with Eddie, um, it's a fast practice, of course. Um, it's broken 300s. He does it in a way where um, there's probably three or four groups that go. Um, so one group goes and they do a 150, um, and that's maybe on 150. Um, and then we go 350s on probably 40, 45, 45. And basically you want to be quick on the 150 and then you want to kind of cook those fifties and we descend one to three and then hold number four. Um, I used to go off freestyle for that. Um, uh, probably start around the last time I did, it was 116, 117 and end around maybe 111, 112, holding maybe 23s on the, on the, on the, uh, on the fifties. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big, I like, I like doing just fast work. I, I like aerobic sets too. Um, I love pulling, but those are my main ones. Cool. So. Love it, man. Well, I appreciate you sharing a couple of those with us. I'm, I'm sure people will be doing those sets in the future once they hear, hear about them. <laughs> so. I think so. They've been on like, uh, I think we've had like a practice in pancakes with, uh, Col- like it's Coleman. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. practice in pancakes dude. Yeah. Cool. Very so. cool. Awesome. I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> well, listen, man, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy and uh, just a um, big fan of yours. Looking forward to your, your international uh, swim league debut and then into, into next year, man, is one of the favorites. And uh, I'll be keeping Thank a close you. eye on you, all right? Cool. Thanks, Brett. It was really yeah. great talking with you. Good seeing you, too. So, yeah, you too, man. And good luck, Thanks. good luck again to your swimmer. Appreciate it, buddy. Take care. Cool. All right. Bye. See you later.